Hello and welcome to episode number two of the AMSC podcast. Today, I'll be sitting down with Ken Riggins and Kevin Brown, both of whom are instructors at the intermediate course here at the Army Management Staff College. Let's first discuss what doctrine has to say about the Army profession. It can be found in Army Doctrine Reference Publication 1, also known as ADRP 1, titled The Army Profession. ADRP 1 discusses the Army's dual nature as both a military department of the United States government and, more importantly, a military profession. There are two mutually supportive communities of practice, the profession of arms, that's those of you still in the uniform, and the Army Civilian Corps, otherwise known as Army Civilians. Well, Kevin, I think we were asked to to give our thoughts on what does it mean to be a member of the Army profession. And as members of the faculty, uh, I, I won't speak for you, but but I, I do know that I have put quite a bit of thought into what I believe it means to be a member of the profession. And, and through our discussions, I think um, through our personal discussions, you and I both uh, talked about this quite a bit. But for me, uh, being a member of a profession really starts with our choice, choices as employees of of the Army, uh, as as civilian members uh, of the Army. Um, As a key component, the Army is a key component of national defense. Uh, As a civilian being a part of that, I think you almost have to look at it as Am I going to choose to give more than what's required of me as a uh, employee? And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's it to me. It's funny when you say or interesting. I should say um, it starts with a choice, um, and I will refer to a something I read in Doctrine a few years ago, and it has stick stuck with me um, ever since. But it talks about being an Army professional starts with developing and sustaining a professional identity. And then it says identity refers to one's self-concept. And as I've kind of internalized that over time, I've kind of come to believe and realize that the choice starts with me. Um, and then when I look at, you know, the uh, the the things that doctrine says are characteristics of a profession and we go into unique service to society Um, we go to upholding discipline and standards Um, to me it all just kind of makes sense that it's about there's a higher calling to what I'm doing than just uh, um, working a job Mm -hmm. and so that's my initial thoughts on it Ken well you know uh now, I, I will say that many civilian employees or many, many members of the Army profession from the civilian cohort that I have come across, it starts, their initial service starts with wanting a job, wanting to do something. But over time, I think they, by their association with the uniform service, the members of of uh the Army profession who wear the uniform, who take that particular oath, the uniformed oath, and their association with them, I think over time the culture has a way of infusing um, 
those aspects of professionalism that the Army desires from us, uh, performing a unique service to society, um, uh, be, get, being given authority and autonomy to act without uh, guidance or direction in many cases. So I think you have to kind of look at that as, uh, you know, I've been entrusted with a lot of, of, of power, um, that most folks don't get. How will I use that power? What choices do I make to use that power? Will I, will I make the choice to use it for, for the good of the country, the good of the Army, the good of the nation, my uh, coworkers? Or do I make the choices of, uh, of self, self-service versus selfless service? And so um, for me, this question, what does it mean to be a professional, always goes back to what choices am I making? Yeah. And I think really it, uh, it kind of grows on you across time um, as you start to experience more, see more, and actually start living it. Um, interesting story. Uh, my son, 25 years old, um, works at an electric company as a laborer. He says he has a job, but I see the development in terms of his growth to where he now wants to be an apprentice and striving toward journeyman. In other words, certification according to his, his craft. Um, you also kind of struck with me that, you know, sometimes when we first start or people first join service, um, they may not fully realize the magnitude associated with the commitment they're making. Um, and it really starts with that oath of office where we are supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States. Um, and I do think as you become more inculcated in the culture, you start to realize the significance of the, uh, of the position, position and responsibility that you hold mm-hmm. um, in terms of being accountable to America, um, our leaders, um, and even to your peers and coworkers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I, the, the, the question... Uh, always goes back to, for me. Uh, what does it mean to be a member of the of the profession? It's a, it's an individual question that each of us, I believe, has to answer for themselves, and because the expectations from our constituents, the people that look to us um, uh, as as servants of the army and servants of the nation, are very high. Their expectations of us are very high. So, if we choose to continue on this path and our, our choices aren't for uh, a higher calling, I think we individually call ourselves into question. And I think, the, I think the nation, the institution, the people that we serve has a right to call us into question. Now, having said that, each of our, our levels of commitment to uh, to serve and to what it means to be a, a member of the profession is going to be different. I, I, I'm smart enough to recognize that. But I think it's a question that each of us has to answer for ourselves. And if you don't answer that, for that, that question for yourselves, in times of difficult times, you will, will find yourself in disarray. So that, that's a question that we ask while you're, while you're here in, in school at the Army Management Staff College, and it's a question that we take seriously. It's, it's kind of the beginning of our, uh, our, 
our desire to help you come to grips with your own level of commitment. Once again, everybody's will be different, but you've got to know what yours is. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. Um, everybody got has to know what theirs is. Um, but, you know, we do have this thing called the Army Values. And when I think through the Army Values in relation to what we're talking about, um, a couple of them jump out at me, one of them being loyalty. And um, uh, there is an obligation to be loyal to um, the country I serve, the organization I serve, the leaders I serve. Um, and then the other one, sometimes that comes into play. Hey, heck, they all come into play. Let's be real here. Um, but really, sometimes you just got to do the gut check and have a little bit of the personal courage um, when things may be going um, in an interesting or different direction. Um, and sometimes we got to make difficult decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe those difficult decisions are my responsibility as a member of the profession um, to be able to express them objectively for the good of the organization and for the good of what we're uh, of our service, um, and not just for my own independent um, gratification. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of to me ties back to you know, what it means to be a member of a profession is that I want to be a part of something greater, something larger, something that's beyond myself. And sometimes that takes um, realizing that uh, we're not number one. Right. right. Um, because there's a whole team and a, a significant number of people associated with that common mission, common goal. Right. I.e., the purpose of why the Army exists. Yeah. Well, I, when you brought up loyalty, uh, the first thing came to my mind is, uh, sometimes loyalty manifests itself uh, in, this, in the sense of you are actually being loyal when you self-select out of an organization. Now, that's a, that's a concept that's, that's kind of one that may be beyond the scope of, of our discussion, but as a true professional, because a, prof- a professional, professionals... Um, police themselves through professional service and professional organizations. And if your standards are not up to what the profession expects of you, do you have a responsibility to um, maybe choose a different way of serving? Because this one may not be the right one for you. And I, I think we see that in government all the time, not necessarily with the with the army, but all across the whole of government, where folks have to say, "Is this organization the uh, performing in a manner of which I can continue to live with, and is my service in line with the mission and values of that organization?" And if it's not, maybe you're being loyal by saying, "You know what? I, I need to self-select." and self-select out. Your thoughts on that? That's a lot to chew on. Um, I fundamentally agree, yes. Um, I also think that, uh, like you say, each person has to come to terms with that. Um, But I also default back to, you know, we have to be able to um, step back and realize that there's something greater than, than me or what I'm thinking we need to be doing right now. Um, and it's trying to look at the strategic or the greater picture. Um, 
but there are lots of ways to influence organizations and influence people within organizations for the good of the mission and the good of the people. Um, and we also have to, I believe, realize that leaders are on a journey as far as their development. Um, and these kind of conversation and thoughts are quite natural in people. And it's a matter of sometimes letting them work through, sometimes coaching, um, but at the end of the day, if we're all still progressing forward in accordance with our stated vision, um, then we do have a benchmark to help us guide us on our decisions along the way. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't express my views because um, I'm not doing it. I, I believe I do it for the good of the organization and the good of the people in the organization. And ultimately, I think that's one of our charters is to improve the, improve the organization and accomplish the mission. So. Well, with that, my friend, I tell you, I don't think I could have said it any better. But I, I, I think that this is an important question that at the, at the level that we find ourselves, it's one that uh, the, the folks that we come in contact with, we want to push them to ask themselves because uh, it's too important uh, for uh, my son or my daughter or your son or your daughter that uh, we have people that truly take uh, their responsibility and the idea of professionalism and professional service to the Army and to the nation seriously. Yeah, I think uh, the process that happens is largely a examination across time of our values and our beliefs, and do they, in fact, um, align with the values, the Army values that we have ascribed to um, uphold um, and I just think it's something that takes a little bit of understanding, a little bit of time, and a little bit of working with people to um, ensure we are stewarding ourselves as leaders and understanding what these are. Um, so when is a job just a job, and when is it a profession? Is it a mental state, or is it the requirements to do the duty? ADRP1 discusses what it says it means to be a professional, it states that a profession is a trusted, disciplined, and relatively autonomous vocation whose members provide five things. They provide a unique and vital service to society without which it could not flourish. Two, provides this service by developing and applying expert knowledge. Three, earn the trust of society through ethical, effective, and efficient practice. Four, Establish and uphold the discipline and standards of their art and science, including the responsibility for professional development and certification. And last, are granted significant autonomy and discretion in the practice of their profession on behalf of society. And as always, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode when I sit down with Jeff Irvine of The Basic Course and we discuss some of the elements of The Basic Course and principles of direct level leadership. You know, you can teach things, but unless you go out there and apply them, and you get a better understanding of that. And with that ability to go out and apply what we've learned, I know that the principles that we're pushing in the basic course, which is a direct level leadership course, is right on track for accomplishing the mission, influencing people. And we welcome your feedback. Please write us at usarmy.lovenworth.tradoc.mbx.amsc-podcast at mail.mail, or you can just write us at amscpodcast at gmail.com. 